I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about Lent 101, but also how to make this Lent transformational. they found out that Jesus actually drove the earliest uh, historically found version of a, a vehicle, of a car? Yeah. And you know what the crazy thing was? It was a Chrysler. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 63. We're going to be talking about Lent. Lent is on the horizon. When this comes out, Lent will begin this following Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. And so we want to give you a really great Lent 101, um, just kind of a snapshot of what Lent is and why we have it, but also really talk about Lent in a non-regular uh, or routine way that you may have heard before, but really an opportunity to make this um, just um, a period of transformation in your life. Uh, so before we get into that, we're going to do our peak pit and plug. Sound effects. Peak for this week. Um, I've been just receiving a lot of encouragement from listeners to this podcast, which has just been so great. And so I just want to especially thank um, Natalie, who's like the biggest cheerleader of this podcast ever. Love you very much. Um, and uh, two guys from St. Ed's. I was on their retreat this past weekend, Trevor and Matt. Um, just thank you for your encouragement, the things that you say and the things that you, you know, just your support, your your constant um, care and attention and um, affirmation whenever I see you guys. And so just very much appreciated. And so I want to take an opportunity to thank all of our patrons um, and those who haven't been mentioned. Um, so Eric and Kathy Jacobson, uh, Faye Stroud, Justine Fairman, Kelsey DiBernardo and her podcast, Kelsey's Kitchen. Go listen to that. Uh, Tony DiBernardo and his podcast, Space But Messier. Go listen to that. Um, Erica Zemanek, Stephen Misch, Taylor DiBernardo, and Vincent DiBernardo. You guys are awesome. You make this podcast happen. It does cost money to uh, host this podcast, to get it out there, to create content. And so we're just so grateful for you and your willingness to give um, of your own uh, time, energy, and generosity to support this uh, podcast. And so if you want to become a patron for as little as $1 a month, go to our website, manafoodforthought.com, all spelled out, and click the Patreon tab on the home page, and you'll find out all about that, and we would just be so grateful. But again, as I always say, the highest compliment you could pay our podcast is to share it with a friend, post it on social media, leave us a rating or review. All of that helps other people uh, know about the podcast, get the word out. So all of that is just my peak. Thank you for your support. You guys are incredible. Um, last time I checked, and it's actually been a while, I should have checked before this episode, but we were getting a, uh, over 5,000 downloads a month, um, which is pretty awesome. And I haven't checked it, to be honest, in like a couple months. So it may have gone up from there. So just continue to pray and support. It's so appreciated. Uh, my pit is, I was pretty overwhelmed uh, a few weeks ago. And, um, I just, I could not catch up with my to-do list, like ever since the, the new year started. And now finally recording this though, I feel like I am getting things back to like homeostasis status quo, like uh, new things are coming in and I have enough time to get them done and not a lot of stuff is lingering on my plate. So that's really great. A plug that I want to give, um, there's, uh, father Mike Schmitz has a great podcast with his homilies, um, you can, I think you can find it if you search his name, but he has also the Father Mike Schmitz podcast, 
which is like his Ascension Presents videos in audio form. But his homilies are under UMD, Newman Catholic Campus. Um, uh, U-M as in Mike, D as in dog. Um, and one of the most recent episodes from um, February 9th called Good for Nothing uh, is just an excellent, excellent homily and reflection. Um, even if it's not, you're not listening to it connected to the readings, like for that day, go and listen to it. It's just, it deals with a lot of misconceptions that people have about God and about faith and about how they can approach God or how to have a relationship with him. And I think it's just phenomenal. So um, please go listen to that. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about Lent. And so what I'd like to do is get kind of all the Lent 101 out of the way in the first five minutes, because most of you listening to this podcast, I assume you, you're living out your faith. You know a little bit about Lent, but you may be new to the faith or you may have just never been told about it. So I want to say the information about Lent um, in in just as concise a way as possible. So Lent is a liturgical season in the church calendar. And what that means is that it's a particular time dedicated to prepare us for Easter. And the color of this season is purple because purple is a penitential color, meaning it's to remind us to repent and ask for forgiveness of our sins. It is a 40-day period, even though in reality it's about 46 days, but they don't count Sundays because Sundays cannot be days of fasting and abstinence because they are feast days. Um, And so um, you can choose to personally fast or do things that you want on a Sunday, but the church would never um, command anyone or mandate anyone to do that because it is a, a small solemnity. It's a feast day being Sunday. Um, So those 40 days are meant to mimic the 40 years that the Israelites were wandering in the desert and the 40 days that Jesus um, was wandering in the desert being tempted by the devil. And so um, it always begins those like 46 or so days, 40 days not counting Sundays before Easter, but it always shifts because Easter is always the first Sunday after the first full moon after the first day of spring. There you go. If you never knew that, you learned something. Easter is always the first Sunday after the first full moon after the first day of spring. And so the earliest I think Easter can ever be is like, I don't know, March 20-something. And so um, Ash Wednesday can be even, I think, into late January, um, potentially. But usually it's sometime in February, um, maybe potentially March, but um, usually in February. And that begins the season of Lent. Uh, Ash Wednesday, along with Good Friday, which is like the last day of Lent, uh, the day we remember where Jesus suffered and died on the cross, the Friday before Easter. Those are both considered days of fasting and abstinence. So fasting meaning that we are meant to only have one small meal, um, and then abstinence meaning we are not meant to consume meat, because anytime we're not meant to consume meat, which is Fridays during Lent, and still technically as Catholics were supposed to not eat meat any Friday of the year, that was never like relaxed. People just stopped doing it. Um, but it's to remember Jesus's, um, offering of his own flesh on Friday. And so we, uh, abstain from the consumption of flesh on Fridays out of remembrance, uh, for his sacrificial offering of his own. And so, um, that's why a lot of places will have fish fries. You'll always see during this time of year, suddenly there's all these ads for the fish fillet at McDonald's and things like that. And so people are very strategic. Um, and so we fast and abstain from meat on those two days and we abstain from meat on all Fridays during Lent, um, and preferably all Fridays of the entire year. Um, And this is a season for us to remind us of our mortality, of our need to repent, of the fact that we are dust and to dust we shall return as we hear on Ash Wednesday. And so when you show up to Mass on Ash Wednesday or any type of liturgy, you'll receive ashes on your forehead. Um, and they'll either say repent and believe in the gospel, or they'll see um, um, 
in the or you are from dust and from du from dust you shall return or something like that when they put the ashes on your forehead and that's a um, a, a commemoration of the fact that we will die um, it goes back to the historical period in the church when people sinned they would cover themselves in ashes and they would shout their sins on the steps of the temple to reconcile themselves with the community so um, you know, luckily we have private confession now and we just mark ourselves with, um, ashes, but that's why we do it. And there's plenty of uses of ashes, um, as a sign of repentance, uh, plenty of symbols of that all throughout scripture. And so it's a very scriptural thing that we do. Um, and those ashes actually come from the burned palms from Palm Sunday last year. And so it's kind of a, a remembrance of the joy of Palm Sunday and the anticipation of Jesus cannot be fully realized without a continuous reminder of our need to repent and, uh, ask ourselves how we can be better. And so in Lent, we go to three common practices in Lent, uh, and that is prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer meaning we're meant to connect more and prioritize more our relationship with God, dive deeper into prayer. Um, fasting meaning we are meant to have control over our faculties. If anything is causing us to have an addictive or obsessive nature or taking too much of our time, Lent is an opportunity to reorient our priorities and take control of our of our free will of our self-control yet again by fasting and um, not consuming some of those things and then almsgiving a remembrance that we belong to one another and usually out of our fasting um, especially if we're fasting from tangible things that will create a surplus of money that we would have spent on it that can go to the poor um, and so there's some that's lent 101 you know, I think I touched on pretty much everything. Um, there's commonly Stations of the Cross done as a devotion during Lent, but that is a devotion you can do all year. But because this period is particularly focused on repentance, temptation, uh, Christ's suffering and his redemption for us on the cross, his death on the cross, there's a lot of that imagery that happens during Lent. Uh, crowns of thorns, the color purple, nails, um, different things. People might screen the Passion of the Christ. Uh, a lot of simple dinners like soup suppers or fish fries to help people abstain from meat, things like that. Um, but here's some common misconceptions about Lent. Um, Lent is not a second chance at your New Year's resolutions. So if you want to lose weight, if you want to give up chocolate, if you want to stop eating meat or whatever that is, all because you want to look a certain way or be a certain way, and that was your New Year's resolution and you failed, or you're treating it the exact same way you treated any other New Year's resolution, uh, that is not how you're meant to enter into Lent. And Lent is not also just about giving something up. In fact, you don't even need to give something up during Lent, um, something tangible up. Your fasting can be from... Uh, gossip, or it can be from um, time on your phone. It can be from negative thoughts or anger or letting your temper well up, uh, things like that. And so it's more about what do I want to gain control over? And so here's a good way, a transformational way, I think, for us to look at the season of Lent is we want to look at these three areas of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving as areas of Christian mastery. Like, what does it mean for you to be a master of discipleship? I think that you're a master of your relationships and your relationship with God. That's the prayer piece. It also shows that you're a master of your own discipline and self-control. That's the fasting piece. And it also shows that you're a master of serving others and looking outwardly before you look inwardly. And that's the almsgiving piece. And so those really are the hallmark parts of a Christian, of a disciple. I mean, we have the liturgy, which is all about prayer. We have... Um, 
the teachings and uh, the sacraments, which are all about how we're meant to have control, how we're meant to seek the truth above the things of the world, which all has to do with fasting and control. And then we're all about social justice and serving the poor. And that's all about almsgiving. So it's all linked. And it's the, you know, the beauty, the truth and the goodness, all of that all together. That's what it looks like to live the life of a Christian disciple. And so the question I want to ask you as you prepare for Lent is how do you want to be different on Easter Sunday? How do you want to be different come Easter morning? Um, if you give up something or start something for Lent, it should be something that you want to continue after Easter. This should be something like, I want to root out a bad habit permanently, or I want to make more time for my family permanently. But if we fast for me- from meaningful things, we're like, well, I don't want to be angry anymore. And then all of a sudden Easter Sunday rolls around and then we're just a jerk to everybody again. Like we've done nothing. Uh, at, at best, we've maybe experienced what it is like when we have control of that, and it's something we would want to desire. But if we just go right back to where we were, like Lent is purposeless. It's meaningless. It, it's nothing, you know? So uh, apart from almsgiving, like you can't take back service you gave to another person. But, um, you know, if we make headway in prayer, if we make headway in fasting, if we make headway in habits of continued almsgiving, and then we take that back, then it's for nothing. And so um, what I want to invite you to do is start to ask yourself that question in those three areas. Like, how do I want to be different in my relationship with God on Easter Sunday? How do I want to have more control and discipline in my life on Easter Sunday? How do I want to pay attention to ways I can be more generous and use my gifts to build other people up and to serve the poor on Easter Sunday? And then use those as you enter into prayer. Ask God those questions. How can I do that if you don't know? Um, and he will reveal them to you. And it could be giving something up or it could be starting something new. It could be practices you want to continue. It should be practices you want to continue indefinitely. So start praying now and asking those questions. Like what is separating you most from God? What area of your life do you lack control? Um, how are you answering God's call to serve other people? Who, um, not just in the world, but in your family or among your friends or in your workplace, just really needs the almsgiving of a, a welcome heart or a friend or a, lis- uh, an, a listening ear or shoulder to cry on. Um, you know, we think often in almsgiving of the corporal works of mercy, but there's also the spiritual works of mercy of counseling those who are doubtful, uh, instructing those who are ignorant or don't know, uh, admonishing the sinner, um, comforting the sorrowful, like all those different things, praying for the living and the dead. Those are things that we can also do um, as part of our almsgiving. And so, you know, there's seven weeks-ish in Lent, and there's also seven corporal works of mercy, seven spiritual works of mercy. There's seven sacraments. Um, You know, seven's a pretty good number. There's seven gifts of the Holy Spirit you could pray for and lean into as part of your prayer life. Um, There's a lot of things that you can do. There's seven deadly sins that you could fast from something different each week um, to help you in your fasting. Um, And so, you know, I want to encourage you, like, change it up, make Lent transformational, and do things that you really want to continue doing permanently. Um, And so those are some, some things I would recommend. Here's some examples. Maybe you give up procrastination you fast from that. And that might be like, okay, I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm going to really use that screen monitoring app and software to maybe even turn off my phone or set alarms or controls to where I can't access it during certain times. Um, I'm going to undownload the streaming service apps from my phone, my computer, my TV, and I'll reload them later if I want, or I will unsubscribe from them. I'll stop paying for a month or two. Um, I'll delete the social media from my apps. Maybe not the accounts, but I just want them Uh, those apps off my phone. Um, Maybe you um, fast from something that you are spending money on just so you can give that up for other people. So maybe you get coffee every day or a couple times a week. And if you're willing to maybe take the extra time to wake up early, 
get some self-control over your day, over your sleep, um, and save yourself some money there. And then you can set aside that money and give it to the poor, those who are in need of it. Thinking about the things that you have that you don't really need in order to give those, uh, to give that money for people who have needs that they don't have. So, uh, things you are also dependent on could be things that you should definitely think about giving up caffeine, any type of food, um, addiction, any type of drugs, alcohol, any type of disorder, any type, uh, pornography, uh, sex addiction, like bad habits, bad near occasions of sin, partying on the weekends, like, uh, taking the Lord's name in vain, cursing, um, things like anger, gossip, slander, stuff like that. Like, you know, these things are things that if you're going to fast from them, you need someone to help keep you accountable. You need someone to check up on you. Uh, you might use an app like one called Victory, which was designed for pornography addiction, but it can track anything that you're trying to rid your life of, like any type of bad habit. It helps log your triggers and keeps you accountable. And you can program in an accountability partner that, or three, I think, that you can text just by pressing a button and say, hey, I need you to pray for me right now. I'm being tempted or I need you to check in with me. Um Maybe you fast from gossip and the thing that you start doing in almsgiving is connecting with other people. So something we're thinking of doing for Lent is having more people over for dinner in our home. So we're kind of fasting from the pride of a clean house and like having this like picture perfect family and inviting them into the mess and also uh, fasting from complaining about maybe that we don't have good community or we want more of it um, and just creating that and taking the initiative and doing that. Um, so that's something that we're thinking about doing. Um, prayer, like I really want to read uh, the whole catechism. Uh, it's not that long and I've read many books in my life for far less important reasons. And so, um, you know, I've read it in many, many excerpts and I've probably read it all in pieces, but just to go through the sections and really prayerfully do that. And there's all these schedules online to do that with the catechism or with scripture. Um, I'd like to go to chapel every day I'm in my office because it's literally, I can see it if I stand up and look out my window, like it's not far. So Things like that. What are things that are accessible that really speak to a desire that you have? And then just acting on it, not waiting. You know, um, some of the, some of the things I was praying about doing for Lent, I've actually already started because they were easy enough to start. You know, so uh, those are things I'd encourage you to think about and leaning into. Um, and so, if you're having struggle with this, I wanna um, I wanna encourage you to ask for the intercession of a very important saint who's near and dear to my heart. He is my confirmation saint, and that is St. Kashmir, Prince of Poland. Now, I didn't really think of this saint a lot for most of my life. I picked him when I was in high school because he was Polish, and I was Polish, and that was pretty much it. And I left the church, and when I started getting more involved, um, you know, I started helping in ministry. I got hired, and then I met my wife, and we got married, and we're very, you know, active in church, and I have these ministries and apostolates that I'm involved in. Um, and we had, um, you know, a few years ago, our first miscarriage when we were trying to have um, have a baby. And so um, our daughter's name was Lily. And um, the craziest thing was like when we got home from the hospital that day, we sat down and, and my wife was like, well, what do we do? And I was like, I think we should, you know, um, name our child and ask our baby to pray for us every day. And so we both agreed that we thought we we're going to have a girl. It was still kind of early to know. And so we both decided, I decided like, let's just pick names. And on the count of three, we'll say our girl names. And it was any name in the world. We had a list. We kind of abandoned that list. And we we're like, okay, whatever, any name. And we counted one, two, three. And we both said Lily. Like of all the names in the entire world, it was crazy. Anyways, a little while later, a friend of mine was asking me about my confirmation saint for some reason from high school. And she sent me a link and said, is this the person? And I said, oh yeah, that's him. And I scrolled down 
and it commonly tells you what uh, they're commonly attributed with or pictured with. So like St. Peter often has keys with him because he holds the keys of authority. St. Paul often has a sword because he called the scripture the sword. Um, you know, like scripture pierces bone and marrow. Um, anyway, um, St. Kashmir is commonly depicted holding a lily. And that was just so beautiful that like he'd been with me that whole time, even though I had been ignoring him. And so if you've been in a season that's dry or you feel like God's not there, uh, just personally, I feel not really because of anything in his story, but I just kind of feel like a personal connection to the fact that St. Kashmir's like, he's okay with being in the background of your life and he's okay with praying for you um, and even allowing you to experience God in small moments that you'll never even know came from him or his intercession. Um, so... Anyways, he lived from October 3rd, uh, 1458 to March 4th, 1484, so just before the Protestant Reformation, about a generation or two before. His feast days on March 4th, which is the day that he died, and he is the patron saint of Poland and of Lithuania. Um, so basically, he was a prince in the Kingdom of Poland and in the Grand Duchy of, Li of Lithuania, and he was the second oldest son of King Kashmir of Poland the fourth. So when he was young, he was educated by a priest, and his elder brother was elected as king of Bohemia um, when he was maybe like 13 years old. And so he became the heir um, to the Polish throne. And so he participated in a military campaign that was meant to install him as the king of Hungary and expand the empire, but it failed miserably. But even despite that failure, he clung to his faith that he had learned and been educated in as a child, and he became known more so for his piety and his devotion to God. And he was very generous toward the sick and the poor. Um, he refused an arranged marriage um, because he knew his health was waning and he was approaching death, and he preferred instead to be celibate, to uh, devote his life to the Lord. And so he be, ended up becoming ill, um, most people believe, uh, historians believe, with tuberculosis, and he died at just the young age of 25. Um, and there are more than 50 churches named after him in Lithuania and in Poland. He's very, very honored and revered over there. Um, and another, uh, more, another 50 churches more in uh, places where there are diasporan communities in America of Lithuanians and Polish people. Um, the Women's Congregation of the Sisters of St. Kashmir was established in 1908, and it's still active in the U.S. Uh, what I love about him, he had all these opportunities um, in life, like military, uh, power, uh, all these opportunities, things that were competing for his attention or his potential future. But when he was faced with his own sense of purpose and his own mortality, he accepted where he was and he focused on what was wise and what was holy, even though um, he could have done what was easy, even though he could have just taken what was given to him, lived the privileged life. Like he, he chose a path that he didn't need to choose because he saw that it was worth it. And I think that's such a good spirit mentality to bring into the season of Lent, that we have so much competing for our attention. There are so many things you could do, could become in life, and even spiritually, so many things that you could do, so many ways you could grow closer to the Lord. But I think really is what is going to be the path that's going to get you um, to a place where you're more sanctified, where you're more in right relationship with God and you recognize who you are as his child, as his beloved son or daughter, as someone that he desires to have their full faculties, their full free will, to not be um, competing with anything that is um, asking for their desire, um, and and to really just allow yourself to have that discipline that is 
um, part of being, you know, a, a Christian disciple, part of having mastery over prayer, fasting, and almsgiving of relationship, self-control, and service to others. And so I want to encourage you as you enter into the season of Lent this upcoming week to really pray, if you haven't yet, for God to reveal to you what are the areas of your life that you really should work on, that really uh, need to be given over to him, or he needs to be allowed some more control or space in. Um, how do you want to be different Easter morning? How do you want to be closer to God in relationship and prayer? How do you want to have more self-control because of your fasting? How do you want to have a heart for other people and live as an authentic disciple um, instead of maybe living more for ourself and our own worries or our own uh, to-do lists and kind of head down mentality, look at the phone and that's it. And, and, and our day is just what's going on in our life and ignoring what's going on around us. Uh, because there's people closer than you think who you are meant to serve and you are meant to be Jesus too. Lent could be an opportunity for you to realize that. So nice, short, sweet, and quick. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful season of Lent. We have some great episodes coming up. Um, I, we're going to do an episode on Christian voting and how to have an, a, a Catholic approach to politics in a very divisive political world. And I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off with that episode because we have a very skewed view of uh, how politics are our new Messiah. And so, um, but there's a way to do it as a Catholic that is very um, good and flexible and holy and honors what the church teaches about politics and voting. And so, um, and it's very, uh, it, it, it doesn't go as far as a lot of other people take it. And so it gives maybe more freedom, more flexibility, and maybe less anxiety, I hope. Anyways, uh, we'll also do one about faith and science that's been requested and that relationship. And any other podcast ideas you have, any questions you have, please send them our way, manafoodforthought at gmail.com or visit our website, manafoodforthought.com. And the easiest way to see what's going on with us or to um, send us messages or share our podcast, send us topic suggestions, comment on episodes, all of that is Instagram. Our handle is at manafoodforthought, um, at manafoodforthought, all spelled out. So... Without further ado, know that we're praying for you. We thank you so much for all the support that you continue to have for us. And know until next time, we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless you.